James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Think This Way. I am Bryce Beal, pastor of Faith Bible Church. I have Mike Schaus with me. Hi, Mike. Hey, Bryce. <laughs> Thanks for being here again, brother. No problem. And um, today we're tackling a topic that when we looked at it just before recording this, realized this is kind of like preaching a sermon on God, the world, and everything else. <laughs> this is a very large subject. It is the Bible and doing. We have been talking about the Bible now for several weeks, and we'll continue to do so because that's our quarterly focus, January, February, and March of 2022. But in doing that, we want to add an episode like this. I feel like every episode has been practical, but we want to reinforce again that our study of the Bible is meant to be practical. There is meant to be a doing with however we think of the Bible. There has to be a doing or we're thinking about it all wrong. So I wanted to start with a quote that I'm almost certain comes from the late evangelist Leonard Ravenhill, although I could not find him saying it, but I'm almost certain I heard it from him. And it is that one of the great marks against the modern church is that we, quote, know more than we are. We sort of saw this actually in the sermon, Philippians 3.16, just this last week, where Paul urges the Philippians, only let us hold true to what we have attained, which could mean don't go backward, and that is how I preached it. Although I think it could also have an idea of, and actually Rob Green in seminary, I'm pretty sure he it was on this verse he talked about this when we were studying it, hold true to what we've attained in the sense of live up to what you know. Don't know more than you are. But to get really practical, Mike, I'm going to throw this over to you. What examples have you seen of, in yourself or others, believers who know more than they are? You know, I think I mentioned this past Sunday, too, one of the verses that's really been standing out to me a lot is just that call of Jesus, you know, in the upper room to love, you know, to love each other as he loved us. And I just think of, you know, love being like, you know, the apex of all of scripture, you know, is to love, not like a a passive, allow people to do whatever they want love, but like a rugged, committed love. You know, I'm committed to you. I'm for you. I'm with you in the struggle no matter what. You know what I mean? And then once you see that, you know, then we're able to help each other along because you know that I'm there for you and committed to you. And I think of that, you know, how we know that. We know that as believers and we know that at this church, that we are committed to each other in love. But in spite of that, we still had a split. You know what I mean? Even in my own life, I know so many things. Anytime I sin, which happens every day, it's like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I actively choose the opposite. That's very true. I was even today talking about the role of the local church to someone, encouraging them to be involved. And I, when I'm talking about the way the local church function, I find myself having to put in the word, ideally, <laughs> And anyone who's been in church life, not just through a split, but any church life for any period of time, you have to start using that word. Ideally, this is what God intends for it, because we're not quite what we ought to be yet. You know, there's, for us as a local fellowship, a unique danger in this regard when it comes to knowing the word but not doing it, because we have, as a distinctive of our church, 
a high view of God's word. So when you have a high view of God's word, you want to know it. We think that people should know it. They should be studying it. They should know some theology. We'll talk about theology from the pulpit as well and even use some big words sometimes because we really want to know God's word in in detail and at a higher level in just theology, what is God like. One really good analogy that I've heard And again, I tried so hard to find this source. So I'm quoting all kinds of sources where I don't have the stuff to back it up. But I'm almost certain that this one comes from John Owen. And surely someone listening knows what I'm talking about and can text me and let me know where it is. I believe it was John Owen who said, The mind is like a reservoir of water. You can continue pouring water into that reservoir so long as there's also an outlet where water is coming out of the reservoir. And if you don't have an outlet, you're going to end up with very stagnant water. The mind is the same way in relation to God's word. We can continue learning and taking in more knowledge of God's word if we're also doing it. That's the outlet. Someone who's not doing God's word, but is studying, studying, reading, 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 studying, and it's not changing their life. They're not applying it. The problem is not that they're studying God's word. That's great. It's not that they're taking in. It's that they're taking in without putting out. That is what I want to make as the single point of this episode. The single point of this episode of Think This Way is... The answer to this problem of knowing more than we are is not to know less. So I don't want someone to think, man, I'm just not doing God's word, so I need to hit pause on studying the Bible at all and just start doing it. That's not going to help. The answer is not to know less. We need to stay in God's word and know more and more of it. The answer is instead to know more and to do more. It's both of those things. We were talking again just before we recorded, and as I was summarizing what we want to say on this episode, it really is just this. I don't want us or our people thinking that there is a competition happening between those who love doctrine and those who do God's will and obey and actually live it out. We all probably tend in one of those directions, the doers, like let's do it, Peter, let's just do it. And those who want to think about it and think through doctrine, that's fine if we have natural tendencies, but we need to not think of those as in competition. Those go together. So the answer to knowing If you don't want to know more than you are, the answer is not, well, then just don't know very much, and then you won't have to live to a very high standard. (laughs) No. Know a lot about God. Study your Bible in depth. Memorize it. Take it into your heart. When you rise up, when you lie down, have it on on your frontlets, have it on your doorpost. Think, think, think. Listen to sermons. Meditate on Scripture. Talk about, have conversation about the Bible. So keep taking it in more and more and make sure there's an outlet for that reservoir as well. We should also be doing more. One biblical example of this I can just pull from Philippians. We remember that in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul was trying to deal with a very common struggle, which is selfishness. 
How does the Apostle Paul deal with selfishness in his letter to the Philippians? Well, he just tells them outright, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. In humility, count others more important than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, look to the interests of others. So he's telling them, you need to do this. But then he proceeds to say, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who... And the next several verses, longer than the commands even, are straight theology, really what we would call Christology. And he doesn't even just talk about Jesus humbling himself, so you should humble yourself. But I was really surprised that he talks about Jesus humbling himself to the point of death and obedience, so we should do that. And you'd expect him to move on from there. But actually, he then says, therefore God highly exalted him and gets into more Christology tells us about Jesus being lifted to the right hand of God, having the highest name. That is something that's not going to happen identically to us. We won't have the greatest name. Jesus alone has that. But it's presented because that Christology, that knowledge, fuels the simple doing of us being humble and not being selfish. Titus chapter 1, verse 1, talks about the truth which accords with godliness. So it's truth, it's doctrine, but there is a kind of doctrine that accords with or shows itself in godliness. So you see again, main point, they're not in competition. The truth accords with godliness. So we don't want to know less and do more. We want to know more and do more. Do both, don't settle. And of course, James one twenty two that we started with, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. But notice, he doesn't say, don't be hearers of the word. So again, it's don't be hearers only. So don't stop hearing the word. Just start doing the word. Anyways, that's my argument. That's my plea in this podcast. But now we want to take a few minutes and just be very practical. So Someone may hear this and you've already kind of felt like, yeah, I can see areas in my life where I know I just need to work on it. I need to apply God's word and do it, but it's really hard. So Mike, I want to ask you, someone in this position who's wanting to not stop reading the Bible or hearing sermons or listen, but they want to do, they want to listen to sermons, read the Bible, keep growing in their knowledge, but they also very desperately want to do more of what they're reading and hearing, what advice would you have for someone who wants to be a doer of the word? It's not an option. It's the first thing you got to know, right? It's not an option. You're a hypocrite if it's an option for you. But we have to remember that we have, you know, the power of the resurrected Christ in us that enables us to do these things outside of ourselves, And we have the love of Christ that compels us to want to love our neighbor and to do things for our neighbor. Absolutely not an option. We had said that's a bit like when you wake up and you're tired and you don't want to go to work, but you don't consider it like optional. (laughs) You just go to work, you know, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, you just go to work, even if you don't want to do it because it's not optional in your mind. So that's a great point. Uh, I have a few to throw in there as we conclude here. Maybe an easy way to think of doing the word is that you have to talk about the word to three different
different persons if you want to do it. Here's number one. If you want to actually apply the word, you need to start talking to yourself about the word. Another word for this is meditation. So James chapter 1, this context of the verse we just talked about, be doers of the word. As it goes on, you kind of see this because the next verse says, if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his face in a mirror, looks at himself, goes away, and he forgets. So that's when you have your morning quiet time and you go, oh yeah, I got to work on that. But then you leave your morning quiet time and you never think of it again. But here's what you should do instead, verse 25. But the one who looks into, and the Greek word there, parakupto, is the idea is like bending down to gaze into something. So you're looking intently. The one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the gospel, God's word, you look intently into it and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. You have to start looking into, bending down to gaze into what you study in Scripture. And the way we do that is meditation. If you're just reading large sections of text, not slowing down, you just read it, move on with your life, it's not going to change your life. I mean, it's very unlikely. You should be reading Scripture, but at some point you have to stop and talk to yourself about what you read You have to meditate, mull it over in your mind, think of specific applications to yourself. How am I going to do this? If scripture tells me to put away all malice and I feel evil intent toward my boss because he's making my life a nightmare, I have to think about what am I going to do about that? How am I going to apply God's word and obey it today when I see my boss? So you have to talk to yourself about it by meditation. You have to talk to God about the scripture in prayer. You need God's help, and if you are in that situation with a very miserable boss, you, more than anyone, know you can't do it on your own. You definitely need God's help. So you take it to God in prayer. Pray the verse that you're looking at that you need to apply. No malice. Pray to God. Beg him. God, I'm not like this in myself. I need your help. Lastly, I'd encourage you to talk to someone else about it. So you've meditated on it. You've got applications in your mind. Okay. You've prayed to God to ask his help. Now you need accountability. At least I do. I've got a group of men I see every week and we do accountability where I share what I'm genuinely struggling with. And also sometimes what are we going to do about it? And then we hold each other accountable the next week and say, hey, have you been working on that? Have you been loving your wife better? Have you been fighting this temptation or that temptation? So, brothers and sisters, let's not just hear God's word, although let's do that. Please keep doing that. Please keep doing that. But as we're enjoying God's word, let's make one piece of our enjoyment the doing of it, actually applying it to our lives, talking to ourselves about it in meditation, to God about it in prayer, and someone else in accountability. I don't know where you are when it comes to doing God's word. Maybe... Scripture has been very theoretical for you lately. It's been more just data points or you've not seen it transforming your life like it has in the past. So maybe you're thinking about God's word at this point is does it even work? Or you're thinking about yourself as 
I'm the worst person in the whole world. <laughs> you know what? It's okay if that's how you've thought in the past, but now that you know what God's word tells you to do about doing God's word, it's time for us all to think this way. Mm-hmm.